You're listening to the Velocity Podcast with host Craig Caperso and Holden McRae. Our goal is simple. Increase the speed at which you succeed. Let's go. All right, guys, we're back. It's Holden and Craig here, and we have a great episode for you guys today. We're going to talk all about getting started. Uh, Holden and I actually have a whole worksheet that uh, you know we're working off of that is going to give us kind of a, a roadmap here. And, and the cool thing about this one, this episode is particularly, I want you guys to go to Got Velocity, G-O-T hyphen velocity, V-E-L-O-C-I-T-Y.com, and you'll be able to actually pick up this guide yourself. So once this is all said and done and published for you guys, you'll be able to drop over to the website and actually get this guide. It should be a PDF or possibly just have you uh, opt into our email campaign and you'll be able to get it there. So without further ado, hold on, let's get this thing on. Sounds good. What's your favorite tips for someone getting started in a fitness routine? Well, I think, you know, when I think back to my own fitness routine and then also thinking about people that I've talked to over the years about fitness and why it's important and so on, I think, you know, when it when you actually get to that point where you've decided I need to make a change in my life, um, one of the questions I always ask people is why? So why are you starting? Why are you considering that this is something you should be doing? You know, what's, what's the motivation behind it? So I always start with a why because the what I can do really well, right? I know what the principles of exercise training are. I know how we go about modifying volume and intensity and progression, things like that. So that's the what part. But the actual why part, I think, is a really important question to ask. Is that something you do too? Absolutely, because motivation equals why. And when I always say it is like, you know, they'll often ask the wrong question first. They're going to ask, well, how do I lose weight? How do I gain muscle? How do I make money? How do I stay motivated? Holden, those are results, no? I mean, for, for me, those are the end. That's what you get at the end of it. But there's a lot of different questions on What's going to be your why? What's going to be the motivation to keep you on? You're looking for the, you know, the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but you, there's a lot of questions on even why do you want that? What's it going to do for you in your current life and everything else? So I often find people are just mistaking their starting point with the result and not looking internally to say, why do I want to do this in the first place? Yeah, we, we're you know? very outcome-oriented. I mean, you make some good points there. I mean, if, mostly if you ask people... For example, why would they want to start an exercise program? They're going to give you the outcome, which is lose weight, right? That'll be the outcome. Nobody wants to go sweating for hours a day and and be in pain and walk and hobble and have trouble sitting on the toilet seat. Nobody wants that. That's that's just the outcome, right? Yeah. So they look at the outcome, and I work in. I've done a lot of work in high performance as well, working with you know elite, what I would call elite athletes. And one of the, and I was also very outcome oriented, right? How do I improve your aerobic capacity? How do I improve your endurance? How do I reduce muscle fatigue? Those are all outcomes, but I've come to realize, and this isn't my quote, this is from smarter people than me, um, is that we should not view performance, you know, which could be, you know, something that I'm trying to achieve as an outcome, but we should consider it as a behavior. So performance is a behavior. It's not an outcome, right? We always focused on the outcomes, but we're not looking at the actual behaviors. 
And it's the behaviors that actually answer the question, why, right? Why do I want to do this? What kind of behaviors do I need to engage in in order to arrive way at my destination? Right on. In my younger years, I was doing a lot more trial by error, you know, doing it. And, there, and I would say there's not so much wrong with that. However, when people read books or take a coach or do different things to get a speedy result, you know, often they're going to find the, the path of least resistance. When you're doing it by yourself, you're going to find all the excuses, all the reasons on why it's going to get hard if you're not super self-motivated. So in The Art of Selling Memberships by Eric Charles, Eric Charles Russell, he asked the reader in this book, and it was actually, you know, a sales book. So he asked the reader, you know, the simple five sequence. He asks the question why five times, but he reframes the question with the previous answer. So for example, in his book, he says, you know, why did you buy the book? And then the reader would say, because I want to be a better salesperson. Why do you want to be a better salesperson? Because I want to make more money. Why do you want to make more money? Because I want to buy a nice car. Why do you want to buy a nice car? Because a nice car will attract women. Why do you want to attract nice women? Because I want sex. The motivation started off with, you know, why'd you buy the book? Or why are you going to do this? So often you have to look at yourself and say, okay, why do I want to lose weight? Because I want to A, enhance my life in some capacity, whether it's my fitness, my kids, my family, my sex life, etc. So often you find the root cause underneath all this other stuff that we tell ourselves. Yeah. And we tend to be very simplistic, you know, so in general, most people would, would answer it. If you ask the why, you would get that that first response, as you said, well, you know, why did you buy the book? Because I want to be a better salesperson. And then you just stop at that point, right? And you focus purely on, well, you're going to try and help them mechanically be a better salesperson. You know, we're going to go through the mechanics. And if it's exercise, well, yeah, I want to lose weight. Well, you know, simplistically, we could say eat more, eat less, move more right? Very simplistic answer, but we haven't actually, like you said, asked more questions to actually arrive at the main reason the person's wanting to do this. Right. right. Like that's going to give us the, the next point are excuses. And so, for example, when you're, when you're giving yourself these reasons on why you might want to do something and you start going down that repetitive question in, in sequence where you're going to say, I'm going to answer, but I'm going to reframe the next question with my previous answer. That's how you're going to go about this. And you got to go down as many lasers it's going to take for you to figure out what's the true meaning. You know, when you go to a psychologist, I'm assuming they're the ones who are asking the questions. They're not leading you with the answers, but they're taking what you're giving them and reframing it. So essentially you're psychoanalyzing yourself, which is often needed because now let's switch gears and let's go to our excuses. So for example, if we went into, you know, what people tell themselves as far as why, you know, often they're going to say, I want to do this, but right? So that's the next question, you know, after we found the why, or after we found your root cause of, cause of motivation, the next thing is now telling yourself that you can actually do it without getting in your own way. So for example, I want it, but is, is often what you're going to find at when people don't have the body they want or the money they want or the relationship they want. They've talked themselves off the ledge by giving themselves their own excuses. So that's the next thing I'd like you guys to do. If you want to take some time and even pause this episode as we're going through it, I'll kind of go through is almost like a, a teachable, you know, go ahead and list down all the reasons on why you're not actually at the goal that you set yourself up to or why you're not where you need to be. 
Why are you not having sex as, as often? Because, you know, you can circle back all those things. Why are you not in the shape that you want to be? Go, th go through all those things. So I'm going to give you a list of the common ones that I see. I'm an avid listener. I've been a coach for a long time. I've seen a, a, an array of excuses. So here's a couple lists of people that are trying to get in shape and what they might be telling themselves. And tell me if a couple of these are on your list. I want some comments back. We haven't really had a lot of interaction on the iTunes or any of the other podcast places. So if you like what you're hearing from us, guys, do leave us a comment. Do leave us a review. Uh, or come on and just contact me through the website or Holden, and we can be in touch with you guys. I just want to see what this feedback looks like so we can actually tailor these episodes for you. But, for example, on this one, I don't have enough time. I don't know how to cook. I'm in college and have to eat campus food. I don't have enough money. I travel too much. I cook for my family, and they don't like diet food. I don't understand macros. It's my cheat day. I don't like to eat meal prep foods. I'll start tomorrow. I don't want to get too big. I eat healthy so I don't have to work out. Holden, what, what are some of the ones that you might have, you know, I, I know I stole it on that one, but what, what are some that you might have heard? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, the primary one is I don't have enough time or, you know, it'd be some simple things. Well, I'm asking you to um, go and maybe, you know, walk the equivalent of two miles in 30 minutes. Well, yeah. Even if I had the time to do it, I don't have access to a track or, you know, I don't have access to a park. So people are going to come up with these barriers that need to be overcome in order for them to actually begin doing something. And so the way I look at it is if you, you go down this list, I don't have enough time. I don't know how to cook. I'm in college. I have to eat campus food, enough money. People are going to judge me. I would say to them, Okay, those are, you know, you, those are clearly barriers to you, but have you ever considered making small changes? You know, so that, that I don't have enough time. Well, can you take two or three minutes, which we've talked about before. If I'm in my office and I'm at my desk and I'm working on my computer, can I take two to three minutes, get up from my desk, walk to the water cooler, or, you know, go down a flight of stairs and back up the flight of stairs and back into my office again? So I think for people to actually get to the point where they regularly engaging in a behavior that's going to lead them to the outcome they're trying to achieve, they have to make small changes. You, uh, you know, there are very few people who can make the big change in behavior and arrive at the goal they've set themselves for. Um, right on. Yeah, I mean, it takes leading and that's why there's coaches and that's why they exist and that's why there's self-help books and discipline and all these other things that are going to go into it because we are great at finding reasons on why we can't do something because it's a lot easier to blame it on someone else, something else, or, or another factor that you feel you don't have, or even in today's day and age with the, uh, the movements that are going out there looking for uh, the reasons on why they can't get ahead in life because factors from their past history have affected their current state. And that's a whole political argument that I've been very deeply involved in on social media. So if you want to see where I, I stand on that stuff, go ahead and follow me there. Holden, um, Holden, where can they follow you on social media? You know, or where can we follow you? That's something I have neglected to, uh, you know. Well, you've been talking you. to an old man, yeah. So I'm not very active on social media, but Facebook is one, but I use that mainly just to follow people that I know around the world. So LinkedIn right now is probably my primary 
site. Okay. And um, I'm also on, I have a Slack channel that I'm on as well. But yeah, I'd say LinkedIn right now, I think is a good place. Uh, I think the two of us should start posting things on LinkedIn. It's a great way to make connections. Sure. We have a channel. I'm going to start sharing these episodes. So yeah, LinkedIn is something I'm actually much more interested in. I think the the demographic of a business person, intellectual, um, those are that's probably where I want to start interacting more. I certainly see the other channels and not for, not to bash them at all, but it's a lot more anything goes. I'd, li- I'd like to make sure that our, our content is going to the people that might need it. And we definitely speak to probably those people that are business professionals working in an office in, in that that atmosphere too. So um, definitely we'll be uh, sharing a little bit more there. So do follow the profile, Got Velocity on LinkedIn. It is there. It is live. I will get some stuff there going too. So make sure to get him. But not to sidetrack too much, I think we're both on to the right point where excuses are certainly causing, uh, is the causation, I would say, for a lot of lack of results and a lot of outcome-based things that we're looking for in life, but we don't get because we tell ourselves this is the reason. And so Here's an exercise. If your excuses are there, and this is more about priorities, but with excuses, if time is the main hindrance for you, okay? And I'm assuming it's, the, it's probably the main one that him and I both hear. I think we've discussed this before, and I certainly hear it often. It's literally the lead on the list. So take, a, take a, a time, literally write down, journal, every single thing that you do during the day that you can think of. And, and I'm serious when I say sleep, start with sleep. You wake up before you get out of bed. Are you checking your emails, checking social media, doing what you're doing? How much blocks of time are you actually sitting in waste on these other ways of just doing monotonous tasks that you would, would eat up your time that are going to get in the way of your goals. And certainly they may be enjoyable and I don't want to take that away from you guys. They, you know, I don't want to take away the joys in life that you find these small little things, but the dopamine and all these other things that you're getting from these other sources are not helping you get to your goals. They're just distracting you. So literally wake up, write it down, get in bed. You're, you're checking your emails, checking your calendar, checking your social media before you get out of bed. You get up, maybe you make your bed, you brush your teeth, you shower, you eat, checking your emails again, checking your social media, you drive to work, check your emails, check your calendars, check your social media. Like you're going to find over and over the patterns that can be extracted. And then I would say find times and ways to, and, and I don't want to get into the, the planning and the, the, the ready stuff that we're going to get into for the action. But I just want you to start being self-aware of all the waste in your life because it's plenty. It's a lot. I do more than you, I'm sure, because I have multiple businesses and I think social media is helping me in certain capacities and it's probably hurting me more than it's helping me today. And I certainly know when I start causing and I start saying time is a factor, I, I immediately look at cutting things out or putting things on pause or blocking and chunking time. So that's how I do it. How do you do it, Holden? How do you actually get more time in your day? Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. Uh, one of the, the, the good lessons I've learned um, over time is that earlier in the day, if you're going to be doing things that are going to improve your, your health and your fitness, for example, that the best time ideally to do it would be first thing early in the day. And I also learned to try and not check my email before noon in the morning. I think uh, we are a lot more productive after we've slept at night um, and hopefully slept well. And so if we're going to be productive in the work that we do, um, 
then you know email can be answered at any time it's almost a rote thing you don't have to think that much about it um, but stay away from social media and email which is easy to say but a lot harder to do i think leave it for later in the day so for me that that's something i learned over time i wasn't very good at doing it consistently but it definitely made a difference. So if there were things I needed to accomplish having exercised early in the morning, I was a lot more productive in my writing, in my reading, uh, in my um, engagement with the students that I needed to be engaged with, in my teaching, uh, in my research, in my lab work. If I put off email, social media, what I would call the mundane things, that are a distraction. Um, I'm looking for, there's two books I read, and I think one's called Eat That Frog, and the other one is, uh, you know, What You Could Do Before Breakfast, or that's not the name, I will put the name in this, uh, I can't find it, so I don't wanna waste it, but great books on, just like you said, being, being self-aware of, you know, what you can do early on, and I would say definitely tackle, and he was on the right path too, Tackle big appointments, things that are going to help you, you know, anything that's going to take a lot of bandwidth mentally, you want that early. Um, if you're going in for surgery, you want the earliest appointment. You don't want the latest appointment because your doctor or anyone is going to have a lot more mental bandwidth early on, make less mistakes, have much more mental acuity early in the day than they do later in the day. So if you want to like prioritize things that don't require a lot of thought, don't require a lot of your presence do those later on. You want the things that are going to take your, your artistic creativity, do those things, excuse me, do those early on, do those other tasks later on. So one of the things that I've heard you um, mention in the past is um, the using the acronym SMART. Maybe you can tell, tell us a little bit about what SMART means in terms of goal setting or actually doing things that are going to be um, advancing us in terms of our health, our fitness, our lifestyle, our interactions that we have with our spouses or our significant others with our kids in our communities and so on. All right. So taking on Holden's lead, guys, we're going to talk about that acronym SMART and what it means. And I'm just going to outline the, the, the lead questions or the, you know, the acronym right there, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and timely. And what, what each one of those things are, and we could talk about them. So specific, write out clear and concise daily goals. Measurable would be something like, let them be quantified through weight, pictures, measurements, performance, something of that nature where you could actually measure the outcome of that action. Then achievable, challenging yet achievable. And this is such a hard one for so many folks because they see their folks, they see their peers, they see the people that have these things that they want, that they wanna get after. But if they don't look relative to what they're capable of doing, knowledgeable about, financially capable, et cetera, then they might be far reaching. But if you could take a look at your certain actions that you currently have control of, and then look at, you know, measurable um, relations to something you can do today, do tomorrow, reach in a month, reach in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, et cetera, then we can, we can go into um, what's really attainable, achievable, right? And then relevant, goals that are relevant to you and not somebody else. You know, the way I kind of think of this one is specifically me, not someone else. So don't do something that's going to be for someone else. You know, for example, I'll tell my wife something all the time, which I probably shouldn't, you know, on things that I would like her to be or be like or do, because I have a big mouth and I probably need to stop doing that. But 
if it's if she didn't come up with the idea first it's never going to be as powerful as if it's coming from someone else so if you have a spouse a family member a roommate a friend who you see is putting pressure on you or you see and you're almost jealous of their success etc um if it's not relevant to what you want to do then i would say then you're going to have a lot less time doing it uh and fun doing it and things of that nature so i think that's where i take the term relevance i think that's my best example but i think that it's a blended approach to achievable and relevance too and then there's timely timely is one i would say of the the most important things and if you don't have a time frame on your goals if you just leave yourself to achieve it at any time the chances and likelihood of you achieving it are are slim because you know just like myself um if i'm not training specifically for a goal i'm very average but you put a goal on me you put something in front of me that um i have to finish or i've given myself a you know ultimatum if this something else will happen like i'll do that off and i'll like challenge myself these small challenges which make no sense i'll be like you know i used to be, i used to be like if i don't get down the stairs in this much time i'm going to do something else like silly stuff but you know it's it's about putting these challenges and these times and these little quests that you need to have in your day but time man i cannot stress this one enough put a time limit on your goals that's why the 30 day challenges the 6 week challenges that's why they're so successful because you've given yourself a small window of opportunity to get to those goals you don't leave yourself 12 months uh you know 6 months of the year you know there's so much variable that can happen in someone's life when you give them these long drawn out goals so that's why we always say when you're looking at going into these long big whys i want to achieve this x factor it has to be timely because the goal the big goal certainly we're going to quest towards it but those small things that could be achievable need to be bite sized you need to practice winning you need to actually reward yourself with wins i don't know how important that is but if you're just always going after something you need to be crazy motivated or you need to be just um you know seeing wins and patting yourself on the back and celebrating and treating yourself these these small victories because if you don't you will certainly fade you will get upset you will get burnt out i mean that's that's just the bottom line you're just going to burnt out yeah and i think linked to timely too i'd like to come back to that that measurable or quantifiable um we also have the saying in uh, performance at least in sport performance that if you can't measure it it becomes very hard to manage it right so i need to have i need to have certain uh th- certain things that i can actually um measure or quantify to show that i'm progressing towards whatever that goal is and ideally um if it's not weekly then it should at least be biweekly You know, I I think there are these daily things. I think it's too much. I don't. I love data. I'm a scientist. I like looking at data, but to to go out every day if I'm riding my bike, and you know I'm going to just be tracking my power output and my cadence and my speed and my heart rate data. If I'm having to look at that every single day, I think it becomes tiresome. You know, there's some days I just want to be out there. and enjoy the ride and kind of listen to the environment around me listen to my breathing have have more enjoyment than actually just being superbly and supremely focused on data 
I think you bring up a great point, which is something that we all rely on a lot now is that tracking compatibility, you know, Metron, what we do, it provides you the, let's call it the, the plan, a guided, you know, personalized plan, but it also provides you that tracking capability. So I get 100% that sometimes we don't always want to track. We always just want to enjoy the journey. And I get that. And something I have told my wife and, and have told myself that, hey, man, you need to just enjoy this a little bit more. And since I'm not competing right now, I'm enjoying my family. I'm enjoying my daughter's time, uh, fitness. I'm looking for ways that, you know, I'm just going to try to make this much more lifestyle driven. And so I've already achieved a lot of my fitness success. So, you know, the pressure is off me a little bit. So I have, I have the kind of the best of both worlds with fitness is I don't have to achieve anything to prove anything to myself or anyone. I've literally achieved everything you could probably achieve in fitness besides winning the Olympia. I've been on cover magazines, um, you know, I've competed, but you know, all that stuff is okay. Now it's about that journey. So I would say, yes, there's, there's definitely a time and a place holding for the sacrifice, the suck, the, the redundancies of training and getting to a goal because sets and reps are a thing, right? You know, you can't always enjoy the sets and reps. You got to push it. You got to hurt. You got to be in pain. You got to repeat and you got to be consistent with it. But also the longevity of life now takes priority, right? So if you're not competing, if you're not someone who's out there and getting paid to compete or competing against the best physiques in the world and looking for notoriety or sponsorships or, or endorsement deals, et cetera, then maybe we got to give ourselves a little bit less, um, responsibility to be right all the time is that a good a fair way to say it because with 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 us putting the responsibility always to be right always to be perfect it's going to take away the the pleasure that you might have just experienced of just going to get a good workout or a good ride or a good run or something of that nature if you're always tracking and always pushing yourself you know that burnout factor is going to be a heck of a lot higher yeah, which raises a, a really good point because a lot of what we try and achieve in life and, you know, we can come back to the, the fitness, the health, lifestyle things are really long-term goals that we set, right? I mean, they're things, if you, if you were to sit down and think about or look back and say, you know, would I, Craig, have been in, in the Nashville area owning my own gym, you know, running these different businesses, you know, is that something you intentionally sat down and decided upon five years ago or did it just actually come along? It took place. It wasn't my life plan. I'll tell you that. That's a, this was life happening in front of me. And I just, I went with opportunity. I'm one of those guys that walk through the door of opportunity as opposed to saying no. And a part of part of the battle is always saying no one at the right times, but this one worked out. Yeah. So I, I guess my question is, you know, we're going to have these, these long-term things that we working towards, but I think we, what we need to realize is that it's very difficult to do it on your own, right? I think you arrived at the successes you've experienced um, at what you're doing as an accomplished business businessman now because you had other people going along with you it was because of people you met it was due to relationships that you built that allowed you to do it and so i think it's really important i want to emphasize that you know what you do in your business is actually bring people in and build relationships it's easier to travel the journey of getting to your goals with other people 
than it is to go alone. Uh, we have this we have this saying in Africa that if you want to go quickly, go alone. But if you want to go a long way, go together. Um, and so, yeah, I really like that. I mean, I was never I was always one of those people wanting to go alone. And it wasn't until I got older that I realized, you know what? The relationships I have are actually taking me to where I want to be. If I want to improve my fitness, it's actually a lot more fun and, it's, and it's, it's necessary to do it with other people, with a coach, in order to get to where I need to be. I like that. See, I'm lifting with my wife uh, three days a week right now. I think we talked about that on one of these episodes because you do that and I want to take your lead on like the longevity of relationships in life. And uh, I certainly know I would probably do better physically uh, and further along by myself. But it's, it's a good, I'm having a good time with it. I'm having a good time training with my wife and giving her some tips and, and pushing her along. And we're doing it much better than we did in the past. I said 10 years ago, it didn't work at all. It was, <laughs> it was a nightmare, frankly. And, uh, you know, with patience, with, uh, you know, maturity, I was able to make that happen. And that's going to be, it's working out better for us, you know, uh, intimacy and all these other things that, you know, we, we don't have time to spend with each other often can come in the small ways. It's not just about watching TV or passing each other or sleeping in the same bed, but there's a lot of other places that you could share intimacy and friendships and in and, and love, frankly. So um, it's another just cool tip. If you're, if you're able to do it, you know, bring along your wife, especially if you're further along or or your husband or whoever, wherever they might be, that's just another way, you know, that you guys can get your fitness along and get to your goals. Because in goal setting, if you're in a family and if you're in a relationship, getting those other members on the same team as you is so important. Uh, I know one of the excuses that we said is that my family's not on board with the eating, but perhaps you just don't know any good recipes or any ways to, you know, educate them on what's could be healthy and tasty at the same time. And uh, it's time, man. It's time for you guys to go and make the changes. If you got to be the leader in your household, then you got to make those changes if you got people relying on you too. Yeah. So I think what we're saying is do it together, right? <laughs> is find ways to do things together. And that doesn't mean I'm still not going to go out on my own and push myself and challenge myself and see what I can achieve on my own. I think there's still a place for that. Um, and I think we were both at a point in our lives a long time ago, for me at least, where you know, I had goals from a performance standpoint that I was trying to achieve. And the only way to really get there was going alone and trying to do it on my own with directed coaching where necessary or reading or information. But I think for most of our listeners, it's going to be doing things together in a community that's going to allow them to be successful in whatever goals they're setting for themselves. Absolutely. And uh, just getting back on track so we don't get too far off. I know we have an easy way to do that. It's, uh, on a podcast, it's super easy to have our relationships, our, our conversations lead. But um, getting back into that SMART acronym, uh, I just want to sum up like what, a, what you might take away with a good goal might be and what a bad goal might be. So. For example, if you were to say, I want to lose weight, not a good, that's not a good goal, right? That we said that's more the outcome or the behavior, the result. But if you were to say, I will lose 15 pounds of weight by August 15th, 2000, whatever, whatever it is for you, like putting a specific, um, you know, uh, measurable, something that you could target 
you know, it's something that's achievable. It's not too far out. It's relevant to you because it's something that you want to do and timely. So putting those things in practice, it would look like I will lose 15 pounds of weight of body fat by a specific time, you know, and so things of that nature, as opposed to just making generalizations. So just giving you guys an example of what like a, a positive smart goal would look like. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Do you have anything there? No, I like that. Yeah. All right, cool. The next thing we like is, uh, you know, it's in, and I'm going to need uh, Holden's help breaking this thing down a little bit, the fog behavior model, where they talk about, you know, outcomes are based on your equal, you know, equal parts of your motivation, your ability, and your prompts and triggers. And so they, we have a cool little graph for you, which, you know, um, on the high axis, it's got low to high uh, motivation. Then on the bottom, it's ability. And then in the center, it's your prompts. And so essentially breaking things down into, you know, factors of what, how high is your motivation? What is your ability? And then the triggers and prompts that you can give yourself. So there's a lot of ways to hack motivation. You know, we're just going to share a few different ways that, you, you know, not everyone works the same way. And most, most often people need the dumbed down version, but there are those people that like to put things on graphs and plot and charts. So we don't want to take that stuff away from you as well. Have you ever used the fog behavior model? No, but it's, it, you know, it ties in with a lot of what we know about human motive, uh, human behavior and, you know, the different stages that people go through in behavior change. I think the big one, a lot of, you know, what you, if we get back to excuses again, just very briefly, the ability that's on that X axis there is, you know, another way to say that is self-efficacy, mm -hmm. you know, belief that people have that they can actually engage in the behavior or, you know, achieve the, you know, mechanically go through the process of reaching their, their goal or the outcome that we're measuring. So that self-efficacy is a big one. You know, that'd be the thing, some, one of the excuses uh, that you, we have on the list is, well, I'm too old to do that, mm -hmm. right? I'm too old or I'm a woman. I can't, you know, women don't do that. You know, for example, let's use a pull-up, right? For women, um, how many women can do a pull-up? Well, I know a lot who can, but most would say, well, I'm a woman, I can't do it. Or I'm too old to try and do a pull-up. You know, that goes to this ability thing. So I'd like to go into that, and I'm sorry to derail you right now, but that is a huge thing at my gym right now. The women struggle their butts off about getting pull-ups, and I never even thought to think it was a thing until it happened as we're doing like kind of these fitness challenges at my gym, and I'm noticing the women are struggling really bad with pull-ups. Uh, we're going to come back to this. We'll do an episode on this because I think there's something to it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, very, this, it's this whole ability or self-efficacy. It's, it's, it's not a physical thing because there's no reason anatomically right. that women should not be able to do pull-ups. Right. But it's like, you know, it's this mental block. You know, it's kind of this thing, white men can't jump, right? Or white men can't be good 100-meter sprinters kind of thing. It's this... Right this uh, ingrained cultural belief system that's been imposed saying, well, you can't do it. I know a lot of women, at least in the CrossFit world, who can crank out 50, 60, 70 pull-ups yeah, yeah. in a row. Now, that tells me it's not, I can't do it. It's not, an, it's not a female thing that, right. that's driving it. It's just, well, I have something or I haven't done the progressions I need. 
to get to the point where I can do the pull-out. You're right, I think, on that, because you're right. Like, if you just look at the biomechanics of things, the anatomical stuff, there's no, there's no difference, right? All right, moving along. Uh, so now we've touched on motivation. We've touched on excuses, priorities, and some goal setting. And the next thing I think that's super important is obviously the plan. So what's the plan? All right, so let's, let's take this person as they're taking this journey with us today. It's somebody who wants to get in better, a better fitness routine. I want to get into something that's more consistent. I, I, they need to see results, assuming they need to lose body fat and gain muscle, right? That's just the typical avatar. I want to reduce body fat. I want to gain my strength. Uh, I'm 35 years old. That's my avatar right now. So let's go with that plan. Let's plan this. Let's plan something out for him. So 24 hours a day breaks into 1,440 minutes and 86,400 seconds. So with that, you could easily chart a day and break down segments of your day and block times of sleep, times of travel, times of eating, etc. So planning, I expect you guys to go in depth here on how we could plan uh, your day. So for me, if I'm going to plan out somebody who, who just, I just described, they're going to come to me four to five days a week. Um, you know, in that they're mid range, 35 days or 35 years old. Their goal is to lose body fat, gain muscle strength on a plan, right? So I'm going to start breaking things down. I'm going to, I won't even give them a plan. Frankly, I'm going to start asking for things in return first. I'm going to start asking them for what is it that you would like to achieve and by when, right? So like I said, we're going to actually start to goal set. We have to figure out before I give you that plan, what are we trying to achieve and by when? And maybe what have you failed at in the past? What were your excuses? What's stopping you? What's blocking you? So before me as a coach or any coach, if you're ever working with them, gives you something, they damn well better ask a bunch of questions in order to find out who they're working with. So if they're not, run for the hills. Um, frankly, if they're not breaking down, why do you want to do it? What has, why have you failed before? What's limiting you right now? What are your social uh, economic factors? Who's currently helping you? Who's hurting you? Who do you need to remove from your life to make sure, make sure that you're going forward? If you're not breaking some of these simple stuff down, then you need a better plan of action. So I would say that's where I start with you. Before I even give you the plan, I'm going to rip all through that motivation, those excuses, those priorities, and those goals first. Yeah, and I think uh, I think finding someone who can really question the motivation that you have for wanting to achieve the goals you've set is a really good point. I mean, you need someone, first of all, who can ask those why questions and really, you know, go deep with them. And then secondly, someone who's going to hold you accountable once you've set up your smart plan, right? So who are you going to be accountable? You're accountable to yourself, obviously, but it's always good to be accountable to some person other than yourself as well that can be holding you accountable for what you're planning on doing. Um, so, yeah, I think finding someone who can ask those hard questions, really, you know, drive down deep into what's the motivation behind why you're trying to do this. And then mechanically, you know, who can do the what, who can set up the action plan. So what does this look like? But then also having someone accountable other than yourself. You, we all should be self-accountable, accountable to ourselves, but then, the outside person is always a good thing to have as well. Right. Yeah. Like you said, and you know, it's so hard to do it ourselves. You know, we've tried for years. We, we, when it's left to us, 
we'll find the excuses, no matter how motivated we are to not do it. So, you know, like he's saying, and if you're taking this up, go find that person. And if you don't have a person, whether it's somebody in your currently household, a friend, go find a group. There's Facebook groups. There's actually these meetup groups. There's people that want to be your friend, want to be your accountability partner. And, you know, often you'll find them for free. But if not, you know, people like me, I have a, a VIP fitness group that I, you know, run for my, my online training where I keep people accountable. I'll post actions. I'll post different things for them, you know, and we'll be doing more as more things release. So if you need that community, if you need that motivation, if you need that accountability, go find it. Don't try to go it alone. I think we, we I think you're going to get a common theme with us right now is that, you know, it's a lot harder to do it yourself, whether it's finding a coach who's going to give you the shortest route to your goals or just finding a partner who's going to support you, you know, trying to tackle your, your long-term life goals by yourself is always a challenge. And it's never, you know, and it's never more rewarding when you do it by yourself because then you won't have anyone else to say and celebrate with. So a lot of times it was cool to say, I can do it by myself. I can do it. I, I could do, I could do, I could do. But we could do is so much more rewarding than, you know, especially me as a business owner. It's, yeah, certainly the business is about, you know, what I can financially take home and who I can help. But I can tell you, if I can financially reward others, other employees, and I can actually physically help other patrons, clients, members, that is so much better than just having this small little business where I only help myself. Yeah, and we're, we're a good resource as well. I mean, we've been around the health, fitness, lifestyle business for decades. And so if you, you're looking to make a change uh, in your life or and specifically related to those things, health, fitness, lifestyle, and so on, then come and ask. You know, we can point you in the right direction. And that way, I think, you know, one of the things we know from people trying to change um, trying to improve their health, their fitness, their lifestyle over time is that they'll, they'll get started on it, they'll engage with it, and then they go right back to where they were or they'll be worse off than when they started out. I mean, we know that with weight loss. Most people who do traditional weight loss programs, um, if you track them five years out from when they successfully lost weight, they back where they were when they started or even worse off. And a lot of that has to do with what I would call shoddy information or shoddy non-scientifically supported way of approaching how they went about doing it. It was unsustainable. And so both you and I, I think through our many, many years of experience, um, can not only help people, but can also send them to sites or other individuals who can actually help them engage in sustainable behavior change that's going to improve their health, improve their fitness, you know, help with their lifestyle and where they're going to have longevity um, in that behavior change. So as we get into this plan, right? So now we're finishing up and, and I would say as, as you find a plan, whether you're going to, you know, go find a, a fitness plan online or look for a book or self-help in some way or YouTube, whatever goals you have, make them public, make them visual. When I'm starting, I psychoanalyze all the reasons on why I'm not even where I'm at, where I'm supposed to be today. Then I'm going to start cleaning. I'm going to start rearranging. I'm going to start shaving my body if it's a fitness goal so I could actually see what I'm working underneath. 
I'm going to start um, putting together a daily and a weekly plan for nutrition. I'm going to start getting together a plan for my training. How many days can I actually work out? What are the priorities in my certain days? Do I have to play with my kid, my job, etc.? And then start phasing those around where I can actually go into uh, putting these this extra goal that I want in, in my life. And whether it's, do I do it before work? Do I do it after work? Do I do it at work? You know, Holden works with the, uh, you know, the, the Red Bull team and those guys that are gamers. You know, we, him and I discussed actually doing plans while they're working. You know, while, while they're doing their, their gaming, they play a pause real quick or, or end around. They jump up and do seven, eight minutes of exercise. And we haven't really hit that, hit that out of the park yet, but that's something we had discussed, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the little things you can do during the day. They're going to make a big difference in helping you achieve your goals. So it doesn't have to be, well, I'm going to block out an hour, you know, at the beginning of the day or at lunchtime or late afternoon to go do something. They're these little things you can be doing throughout the day, they're going to make a big difference, not only in you trying to reach those healthful fitness goals, but also um, in allowing you to be better at the work that you do, at the desk that you're sitting at in front of that screen that you're working in front of. Absolutely. You know, it's all about being clear. And, you know, one of those excuses that I was reading through and it was like, I don't have enough time or I feel a lack of energy because, you know, of something, right? Like I'm tired at the end of the day or I'm tired at the beginning of the day or I'm tired always. Like as a human, you're not supposed to be tired. So it means there's something mechanically wrong whether it's in your habits and day, your sleep patterns, or your nutrition, or, or some sim, uh, supplement that's not there, which would essentially probably be your nutrition. But look for things. If you're not running like you know, a turbo engine, right? If you're not running on all cylinders, look for things that are the cause of that. You know, if you don't feel well, there's a problem. You know, guys, we too often, as we age, as we go through life, will say, Oh, my knee hurts. It's from an old injury. Oh, this hurts. It's that. There's so many things that are going on that are blockers in our way that shouldn't be. Let's find and fix those small things that are in our life that are blocking us because it's just going to make the rest of those years that much more enjoyable. So don't allow yourself to get stuck in a, in a plan where you're creating more excuses than you are goals and achievements in your life. Yeah, and I, and, you know, kind of linked to that is, you know, it goes back to this identifying barriers, you know, things that are blocking you, situations or people that you're associating with that are restricting you or limiting you in trying to achieve those goals. I think those are really important things to identify. And that can really only come from you, right? You know, I can't tell you, Craig, what the situations are in your life that are stopping you from working towards your goals. You know, I don't know the people in your life that may be toxic or, you know, impacting your ability to do it. That's up to you to do that. Now, having someone you can say it to um, is a really good thing because they may help you navigate how to get around that, how to remove those barriers or overcome the barrier. The last thing I want to bring up here is planning to fail. Um, you know, people will plan all the time, you know, these sequences, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this at this specific time and all these things. One factor that you have to almost be is, um, you know, you got you to plan to fail you know, in, in life and, and in situations on 
what happens if I can't get to the gym today? Then what? Maybe I have a routine that's sitting at home or I could do something for myself or I could lift up these weights or these things or I could go take a jog or I could do this HIIT workout. What happens if I can't get my nutrition dialed in for the day because X, Y, and Z, I can't get the proper meat at the store, they don't have it, they're out, etc. So make sure that you have a plan that's going to be adaptable and have a backup for B and C, you know, because it's going to happen. And then that excuse that you had when you were going to just light it up, well, it was out today, so I couldn't do this. The gym was closed today, so I couldn't do this. COVID-19 happened, so I couldn't do this. Don't allow things to derail you from your goal. Have a backup plan. Yeah, well, I have to admit to you, I don't like failure at all. It's it's detestable to me. <laughs> um, but it, that that's a great point. You know, we, uh, you know, I hate that using the terminology that we we learn more from our failures than we do from our successes. Um, I'm not sure that's strictly correct, but I do think that we have this fear of failure which then blocks us from trying something, right? Because we've all experienced failure. I think what we do is, you know, like you said, is what, what is our action plan if we fail, right? So what is, what, what is my strategy? What's my alternative strategy that I'm going to use if I experience failure, if I have that setback? Um, if I'm not able to meet the goal I had for today or the goals I had for today, um, tomorrow is a new day, right? Um, just because I fail today doesn't mean I'm going to fail tomorrow. That's one thing right there with fitness cheat meals, right? And it's not your fault when you do it. So, for example, let's, go, let's say you go out on a weekend and your coach or you give you an opportunity to go with a, a non-calorie track day. And that means you're, you're able to kind of do a, a, you know, a, a refeed, right? But essentially a refeed is not supposed to be anything you want. Coaches that give you this, this ability to just go have anything you want, that's fine. I literally, in most of my diets, have an 80-20 or 90-10 rule where anything I want is happening all the time because, you know, it's just food And when you break it down. And if I'm meeting my psychological uh, needs on a daily basis, then I don't have these binges that I would have in the past. It wouldn't be uncommon for me to gain 20 pounds in a week after a show because of the binge that I would put myself into and the ramifications effect would be catastrophic. It would take me three to four months to catch up from that hormones getting out of whack, etc. Um, I would have edema in my ankles and different things. But what I'm saying uh, in, in this fact is when he's saying, if, if you fail, if you go and you're out with friends and you know, the craving happens where you have an ice cream and then, you know, blood sugar drops and then you're, you're going to get this ravenous feeding frenzy that's going to happen. Those are natural occurrences, especially sometimes the foods that you're eating are going to cause and light up things in your body to say, I need more. I want more. Let's just say you fall into some temptation and you start ravaging, eating, you start binge eating, you start eating for the day. Take it as the day, but don't make it a week. Don't make it a weekend. Like chalk that loss up. And then you might want to consider removing some meals the next time, you know, eating later in the day, considering you just ate 2000 calories between five and 12 or more. Um, consider that the next day is a fast or a half a day fast or some things of that nature. So there's always a way to combat something bad when it comes to nutrition, but don't allow it to, you know, compound day over day. Cause that's when you're going to get really hurt. 
if it's on a training capacity, if you're not hitting the goals that you set, reevaluate. Maybe you're, when we had an episode when we talked about, you know, your advancement, uh, whether you're a beginner, uh, intermediate athlete, or an advanced athlete, maybe you're a little bit more advanced and those goals aren't happening as fast, or maybe you're new and you're just not pushing yourself and you don't know. So start breaking things down and find out and tweaking and then go see guidance. If, you, if you're not the person who should know, then go find out someone who's going to know for you. But wasting time, wasting energy, and wasting your life isn't going to help anybody. Your friends, your family, or yourself get to where you need to be. Yeah, and I, I, I just would reiterate again that, you know, because I failed today doesn't mean that I shouldn't try and be back on my plan tomorrow, right? So, I mean, yesterday it was miserable outside. Yeah, super windy. A lot of, we have fires around, you know, a lot of smoke, hot and I'd planned to go out and ride my bike. And I said, nope, not happening today. Even though the last time I'd been on my bike was on Monday. Now it's Thursday and I've been sitting on my butt. I mean, I'd done some walking and stuff, but I got out this morning early. Um, so it was better today. So just because I didn't do it yesterday, I didn't meet the goal I had for that day. doesn't mean that I shouldn't have meet the goal that I have for Friday, right? So one day of failure doesn't define who you are. Even two days or three days of not meeting the expectation you had for yourself does not define who you are. Absolutely. I like the averages in the week anyway. So when I'm, when I'm dieting, I always look at the weekly average and what my total consummation of calories are in that time frame. And so therefore, like I said, that's why I could easily adjust, modify you know, if, if a day or two went wrong, it's easy to just say, okay, I'm not eating this day or I'm, I'm changing these things. So don't allow yourself to get in your own way is kind of the moral of the story of this one. You know, there's a lot of things that we could plan from a motivation, determining why you're doing what you're doing or why you want to do it, eliminating the excuses and identifying your excuses, trying to find out what you tell yourself when you fail or why you failed. It's super important to find out your past history and your, your future abilities. And then looking at prioritizing SMART with the acronym of going through you know, a process, uh, the FOG behavior model and different things, and then goal setting properly, making sure that they're achievable for you and they're timely. And the plan, get one. We can certainly provide some. I have some. Um, Holden and I can recommend some if they're for you. We're going to work on you know, getting a forum together or just a place where you guys get Q&A with us and we can actually maybe take some of that stuff. And you can certainly come to my Instagram, at Craig Caperso, Facebook, social media. Uh, Twitter, YouTube, it's always that. Holden's available on LinkedIn. But make sure that you guys have a plan of action and execute. Removing those people or those instances that are currently in your life today, they're going to limit your behavior and what you want to do. So that's it. This is us signing off on this episode here. Make sure you guys like, so you subscribe, you uh, you know comment and review. Catch you guys another day.